everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We want to invite you to learn more about the heart and vision of City of Lights. So check out our website at cityoflights.church and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at City Lights Indie. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. How are we doing? We alive out there this morning? Alive. I'm glad to be warm this morning. I woke up with that beautiful layer of frost on my windows. And after I asked the Lord to help my attitude be right, because I just feel like it's a little too early for that. I'm like, I'm just trying to be in that chill like hoodie weather, Lord. I don't need gloves yet. Uh, but, um, but I'm glad to be here this morning. Uh, as, as we get started, I'm really excited about what God has already done this morning and what uh, he is going to do. But I, I want to, I don't really want to go any further without taking a moment and uh, just recognizing Veterans Day today. If we have any veterans in the house today, would you mind just standing up so that we can celebrate you and honor you? Come on. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I just, you can be seated. I just wanted to say, you know, just beyond the hand claps, you know, we, we want to recognize and let you know we, we do appreciate the sacrifice that you have made and continue to make, the sacrifice of your families. I know, you know, we, we lived in Jacksonville, Florida for a season, and we happened to live in a neighborhood where it was full of Navy families. And just when they asked, you know, whenever we would tell them that we've kind of moved lots of different places, it was ministry stops. So they would say, oh, are you all in the military as well? Because we recognize just the sacrifice and the movement. And as soon as you get to know one community, you get shipped to another community. And, and the toll it takes, and we do not take it for granted what you've put in for our safety and for our freedom. So thank you so much. Can we give them one more hand this morning? Um, so we are continuing today in our Ghost Story series. And for those of you who are just joining us today, we've been spending time over the last several weeks talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Godhead of the Trinity, three in one. We have Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, I believe that many times the person of the Holy Spirit gets treated like our crazy aunt that we keep in the back during the family reunion. Rather than us recognizing the Holy Spirit is God and is here to empower us and to give us strength. And if you experience God in the here and now, it is a result of Holy Spirit. Last week, I talked about how the Holy Spirit gave us, came that we might have power to live the life that Jesus paid for. And as I was thinking about it and meditating it, even on the Sunday afternoon and throughout this week, I really felt led to go a little bit deeper on this subject to take a little bit of extra time to understand, you know, we talked about, you know, God didn't die and, and raise from the dead and come to give us power so that we can live like the walking dead, but that we would have resurrection life. But I, I was thinking about the fact that many times because we've been so used to walking a certain kind of way, we don't even recognize what it is this power is for. There's all kinds of different caricatures of what the Holy Spirit filled life may look, might look like. You know, we talked about on week one many times, maybe your caricature of a person that is filled with the Holy Spirit is just somebody that shakes and twirls and giggles and whoo, yes, ah, uh, huh. This constantly, there used to be a lady in the church that I grew up in and we were afraid to make eye contact with her when we come into church because we always thought she was going to cast the devil out of us every time she saw us. Like, don't make eye contact with her. And we can have these caricatures and yet... Go to the other side of the pendulum where we run from because of maybe abuses or mischaracterizations that we've seen of the supernatural and the power of the Holy Spirit. We go to the other spectrum and we just live a very mundane, powerless life because it seems safer. 
That's not the life that God's called us to walk in. See, we know that the Holy Spirit, yes, we talked about the Spirit, Holy Spirit being God and Holy Spirit being a helper, but we do not want to lose sight of why he's come to help us in the first place. What can easily happen if we're not conscious and aware of this is we can spend a mass majority of our time trying to live God-inspired lives without God-provided power. And this will inevitably lead us to a faith that feels hollow, frustrating, aimless, and not really one that we have any urgency to witness about. This morning, I want to talk about the revelation that the Holy Spirit came so that every follower of Jesus would have the power to live a life that brings heaven to earth and points earth towards heaven. I'm going to title this message this morning, Can I Get a Witness? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent Holy Spirit for a very specific purpose. Regardless of what various mediums of media, how they portray Holy Spirit or the Spirit-filled believer, regardless of the way even the church at times has mischaracterized those who are living and walking empowered, God, I thank you that this mischaracterization or the the possibility of mischaracterization did not cause you to be hesitant. You sent Holy Spirit all the same. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here to be honored, to be embraced, to be walked with, to be put to work for the glory of Jesus. Help me this morning to communicate this truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Caleb. I want you to turn with me to Acts, the book of Acts. It's in the New Testament. And we want to look at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit and why Holy Spirit is coming. It is important for us to understand that God is not aimless. He is a purposeful, intentional God. Anything he does is not a waste. He doesn't waste anything. He does not even waste our pain and our scars. The scripture tells us that God will use all things. He'll turn all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so if he's going to send Holy Spirit, God, Holy Spirit, to empower us, we ought to know why Holy Spirit is coming. Are you all with me? So Jesus is talking to his disciples, and the disciples, this is after Jesus has been resurrected. He is about to ascend into heaven, and the disciples who have been walking with him and following him and trusting him as he has done many miracles and the greatest of miracles, doing what he said he would do, where he said, I will be crucified, and three days later, I will rise from the dead. That is a good keeping your commitment, right? Like you could trust him. And so they've seen him do all of these miracles, and many of them who are very zealous and passionate about seeing their communities change, about seeing social justice come to the disenfranchised, in their minds, I believe, many of them thought that it was at this time, now that he's once, uh, he's finally been raised from the dead and done what he said he would do, proving that he is the Son of God, that now he was going to establish his kingdom. That many of them even, you know, like John and James who, you know, they were following Jesus, but they were also trying to think of their future positioning. They're like, you know, are we going to, when do we get our estate now? What do you want me to govern over, Lord? You know, I just want to serve the community. But they asked them this question. So when the Lord had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus says to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, 
verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want to look at that one more time in verse 8. But you will receive power. Everybody say power. To be a witness. Say witness. Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, that the Father would send Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came for a specific purpose. The Holy Spirit gives us power to be a witness. Now you say, where? Well, he says it. In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit gives us power to be a witness wherever we may go. Let's break that down. So first of all, the Holy Spirit gives us power. Through the Holy Spirit, we have divine power, supernatural, miraculous, heavenly resurrection power from on high. As Luke 24, 49 says to us, we have to remind ourselves, I know sometimes it might seem like a no-brainer. It might seem like, yeah, of course. But y'all know we are serving a God that we have not seen. Like, this is like some supernatural stuff. Like, Twilight Zone, woo! Like, we are in a supernatural battle. That means beyond the flesh and blood, what you see around us. Y'all with me? Okay? And so, we ought not think that we can live and operate in and function in a supernatural realm without supernatural power. And yes, we can talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm thankful for the fruit of the Spirit that God empowers us and Holy Spirit came to empower us to be full of joy and peace and kindness and self-control. But sometimes I think we can get too comfortable and we can cop out with the fruit because we're afraid of the power. God's called us to walk in the fruit of the Spirit and His Scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. God wants you to walk in a demonstration of power. When we talk about power, I want you to understand what was going, on, going down. See, I don't think the disciples really got it yet. And if I was Jesus, I would wonder if he was just kind of thinking as he was telling them, y'all don't know what's about to go down, but it's about to go down. <laughs> we look one chapter later in Acts 2, verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues, these flames of fire, appeared to them and rested on each one of them. This was a manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem. Now there were, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native tongue? There was a demonstration of power at Pentecost. It wasn't that all of a sudden everybody got real happy. It wasn't that all of a sudden everybody decided, you know what, let's all give uh, to United Way, or let's all go down to the soup kitchen. They served the needs of the needy. We can go on and you continue to read about the early church. And they did incredible things, sowing and giving and mutually loving each other. But there was a demonstration of power. What is it saying here? It's saying that people from every nation and every tongue happened to be gathering in Jerusalem at this time. And when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, Jews, people who were Jewish, were speaking in tongues that were not from their land. Are y'all with me? I want to make sure that I'm not the only one that's reading this Bible and understands, like, there's some pretty crazy things going on right here. Right? I don't know how many of you speak fluent Mandarin. I am not one of them. 
So this is Holy Spirit coming upon one of us who has not learned the challenging at times dialect of Mandarin and all of a sudden like, you speak in Chinese. And people are hearing of the mighty works of God in their language. This wasn't something you could just dismiss. This wasn't just something you could say, oh, it's just all show. It was. It was a show and a display of the power of God moving upon a people that had yielded to him. God wants to fill us, equip us, flow through us with his power. Demonstrations of power. We read on in Acts and we see that there was a guy by the name of Simon, the sorcerer. He dabbled in other forms of power that were counterfeit and powered by spirits. And it said that he watched as the Holy Spirit was moving upon people. And it was so mind-blowing to him that he walked up to Peter and said, Hey, what, how much can I give you? How much can I pay you to get this power so that people will see me operating in this power? Why? Because it was a power worth having. Is the power of God working and flowing through your life in a way, such a way that people who aren't just not serving God but are actually at enmity with God coming to you and asking for how can I get it? That's the life. That's the, that's the way in which God wants his power to flow through us. Yes, you've heard me say that the power of God has come. The Holy Spirit helps us and empowers us to walk in both the miraculous and the mundane, the everyday miracles of life. The fruit of the Spirit and nothing to, to, to just dismiss. But we also don't forget, yes, it's both the, the, the ordinary and the extraordinary. Can the power of God flow through you? Will, you? will you trust him? Will you step out in faith to partner with Holy Spirit in demonstrations of praying for the sick and expecting them to recover? As well as walking in integrity in the workplace and during tax season eBay Shondo. That, that got somebody today. We have to remember a supernatural life requires supernatural power. And that power comes from Holy Spirit. Now that power has a purpose. As Simon found out, it wasn't to bring glory to himself. Unfortunately, why I believe many people shy away from the demonstrations of power of the Holy Spirit it's because too many people have used it for their own personal gain or to build their own brand. Too many people have tried to pimp the Holy Spirit to boost their book sales rather than understanding that the power of the Holy Spirit came for a purpose, and that purpose is that we would be a witness. Y'all hear me this morning? Now, when you think about being a witness... A good many stereotypes can kind of pop into your head. I know for me, at least when I think about being a witness, I tend to think of the really embarrassing and awkward uh, interviews that newscasters happen to find the craziest person in the neighborhood to give an account of something that's happened, right? You know, it's like uh, Sweet Brown. You know, if you've ever seen the viral videos that are on there or, or there's a lady that saw, you know, there's a fire that broke out into her building and she was like, not today. Like, there are all kinds of, I don't know how many of you saw the leprechaun in Alabama. People were claiming to seeing a leprechaun. And we, we can think of these different witnesses. I actually want to show one of my favorites right now. If we could push that clip real quick. Julie Bonovich joins us live. And Julie, what happened out there? Well, Dave and Glenda, they just finished boarding up the window pane and part of the wall here. This is a very busy Arby's. It sits right here in Woodward in Royal Oak near 13 Mile Road. So as you can imagine, there are quite a few people inside at the time. A big window went pop and there was this glass everywhere. That was the loudest bang I had ever heard. It sounded like an explosion. I thought perhaps the end of days was upon us, but it turned out it was just a disoriented old lady in a champagne-colored Toyota Avalon crashing into my world like DMB circa 1996. Who's got their claws in you, my friend? Into your heart, I'll beat again. Just before 2 p.m., an elderly woman drove into the side of the restaurant while trying to park her car. I turned around, and a little old lady had uh, stepped on the gas instead of the brake and ran into the restaurant. She hit three people who were sitting down and eating inside. They were thrown eight to ten feet. I saw their bodies tossed skyward like ragdolls thrown into the air by the late great Andre the Giant. I don't know. 
they appeared to be weightless, hitting zero-g like the fearless crew of a forgotten Apollo mission, whose only objective was to obtain a beef and cheddar classic and return home to Kathleen Quinlan safe before sundown. I don't know. Part of me wishes I'd been hit by that car instead. So I could have gotten out of work early and gone far, far away from shift manager Masha's judging emerald eyes. Oh, play it a little bit more. Play it a little bit more. Play a little bit more. Give me a little bit more. That's too good. Uh, do we not have any more? Oh, man. Y'all go find that on YouTube. Homeboy goes deep. He goes deep. You start to see this confession of his soul about the angst of his shift manager. Right? But here we know a witness is a person, is someone who has seen or experienced something firsthand. It's someone who maybe, maybe you've witnessed like our amazing prophet slash Arby's sandwich artist. You've witnessed a, a hit and run or an accident. Sometimes on the highway, you know, it's like when you're in dead, you know, stop traffic. It's a lot of times not because the traffic is, the accident's still in the street, but people are just slowing down to witness what happened. You know, maybe you've witnessed one of many friends or family uh, come into the covenant of marriage. I don't know if there's any LeBron fans in the room. If so, we can pray for you. Um, but in Cleveland, there was erected a huge banner on one of their buildings, which they now had to remove, that called all to witness the greatness of King James. See, Holy Spirit came that we would have power to be a witness, to testify of the goodness of Jesus, that our lives and word and deed would glorify and call people and point people to King Jesus. In Acts 2, 9 through 11, it says the Parthians and the Medes and the Elamites and the resi residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya beyond the Cyrene, belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own language the mighty works of God. They weren't just hearing babbling. What the Holy Spirit was doing was communicating in every language known to man the goodness and the great news of Jesus. God's called us to be a witness. And we've got to remove the caricatures of what we think that looks like. I've heard some people, you know, at times we think that being a witness means going on the campus or in the city streets with our Turner Burn sign. Or many times we don't want to witness because we think that's what it is. Walking around telling people they're going to hell. I remember seeing that guy at the campus of Florida State University and I would always cringe just thinking people are thinking that's evangelism. But then we go to the other extreme and we make a monument to St. Francis of Assisi where we want to preach the gospel but never use words. You know what? Being a witness means you like gonna talk sometimes. Y'all with me? And anything that's like worth it, we tell people about restaurants and hesitate to tell them about the savior of their souls. How many times do we share and like the dumbest videos? And yet, the king of all creation who's redeemed us and freed us and came for all humanity, we shrink back. We get bashful. We miss out on an opportunity to demonstrate and let people know about this grace-filled, blood-spilled power of the gospel that shapes us in every way of our lives. And I also want to give this caveat is what it means to be a witness is not just testifying of something that Jesus once did. See, sometimes I think in Christianity we can get Uncle Rico syndrome. What do I mean by Uncle Rico? If you've ever seen Napoleon Dynamite, he has an Uncle Rico, and every time Uncle Rico has anything to say, he's always reminiscing on his glory days. When I used to throw that there football over them there mountains. 
And sometimes I think as believers, we, when we have something to say because we're not actually walking day to day in the power of the Holy Spirit, we only have this moment at summer camp in 2004 to point to. We look at the past rather than being able to live in the present glory of Jesus. I don't know about you, I don't need, I, I don't want just day-old testimony. People are looking for living water. People are looking for fresh bread, fresh grace and mercy, new every morning. So Holy Spirit came that we might have power to be a witness. But a witness where? Jesus was exhorting the disciples and he said that they were to go into Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That we're called to walk in this power to be a witness wherever we may go. Now if your life, if you're here this morning and your life has been changed by the gospel, if you have been transformed by the gospel, you are a minister of the gospel. It's not just me up here, it's not just the people that are residing in pulpits this morning. Every life that has been resurrected in Jesus has been commissioned by God to make disciples. In Matthew 28, 18, we see the great commission. It says, and Jesus came and said to them in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This faith can travel. It's mobile. It's meant to have wheels. Your faith and your walk with God and your testimony should not stop on Sunday, but it carries into every day. It's to spill into every every area, every borough. He said Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. It's to spread to your neighborhood. We are to be witnesses in, in our schools, in our grocery stores, in our coffee shops, in our workplaces, in our homes, in downtown, in Broad Ripple, in Fishers, in Carmel, in Fountain Square, in Samaria. What are you saying? In our nation and the nations. But sometimes we only think that the mission field is that one time every once in a blue moon when we go to Haiti. In the kingdom, every field is a mission field. Every place we go is an opportunity to demonstrate the goodness of Jesus. One of my, you know, one of the gifts of the Spirit, and I, I want to give you a couple, um, I want to give you a couple scriptures. Write this down real quick. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. And 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 12. And honestly, if you just want to just camp out, go 1 Corinthians 12, and you can just camp out for a little while. Just read, read that, study that. You get to see some of these demonstrations, the gifts of the Spirit that Paul is talking about and the way in which God wants to demonstrate, particularly in 1 Corinthians 14, 1. He says that we all should eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, I think the prophetic... Walking in the prophetic is something that many times has been, if anything has been exploited, it's been that. And people act like they're like some like extra spiritual like fortune teller when really what it means to operate in the prophetic is to come into agreement with what God says about a person and release it. And so you, we can over-spiritualize it and pretend like to be prophetic, to prophesy over somebody, you kind of walk up to them and like, okay, here we go. I bind and loose and loose and bind and bind and I feel bound. And then after we do like the ninja touches, we're like da 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 da. All of a sudden, this word, and the Lord would say to thee, you didn't have an accent before you prophesied, but now you have an accent. One of my favorite things to do is I call it ninja prophecies. Because prophesying, prophesying is coming into agreement with what the Word of God says and releasing it over people. 
I prophesy over waiters and waitresses all the time, and they have no clue because I'm not, like, weird about it because I don't need the affirmation of them thinking I'm, like, a fortune teller. And I'll just, I'll sense the Holy Spirit saying a word of encouragement to them. And I'll just ask them a question. How's your, how are you doing? How's your day going? I don't want to jack up their tips, so I don't, like, try to hoard them and keep them. Just connect with them and talk to them. I ask people questions. And then I wait for the opportunity to say, you know what, I just, I just, I, I, I believe God, like, wants to encourage us at times. I just sense this about you. I sense that God wants to encourage you. It, you know, I remember one time I just asked a waitress at a restaurant in Midtown. I just said, you know, what's going on in your world? And she was began to talk and open up about how she was really nervous about this move. And she was going to have to move back to help her mom out because she had fallen sick. And she was really afraid because of the job and the finances. And the Holy Spirit just gave me a really quick encouragement. It wasn't anything deep. I didn't have to shake. I didn't convulse. I didn't lose. I didn't get a new accent. And as I just gave this simple word of encouragement, tears just started to fall. And the Holy Spirit was able to demonstrate in compassion and love in a moment. I didn't even take up an offering. That's a demonstration of power. Taking advantage of the everyday situations, the everyday scenarios. We have been given power to be a witness wherever we may go. So how can we, in very practical ways, how can we begin to walk this out? If this is the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit, if, this, if Holy Spirit really did come to give us power to be a witness, then how can we walk in this? Well, first and foremost, you need to connect to the power. I know it sounds simple, but it all begins, if, if you're in here this morning, and you know that you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus, that you are still sitting on the throne of your life, but yet you know this, your, your, your soul is stirring and you're resonating with what's being preached because you know you were meant for more than what you're living in now. It's because Holy Spirit is drawing you. You can't access the power of the Holy Spirit without the power of the cross. Today is a great day to receive Jesus. Today is a day of salvation. God doesn't want you to waste another second walking as a slave to sin and to shame, trying and failing to be your own Savior. Today is a wonderful day to surrender your life to Jesus. This morning, if you're here and you know that's you, I want to ask you at the end of this service to come and connect and come to City Central and let them know, hey, I want to follow this Jesus and we will find someone to pray for you. Because that is why we are here. We're here to connect a people to Jesus. Now, I know a great majority of the people that are in this room, you have connected to him. But I know there's a difference between connecting to power and the power actually being at work in our lives. And that is when we are called to not just connect to him, but you need to ignite this power in your life. The power of God ought to be at work and active in us. What does that mean? Part of it is meaning be a disciple. When we look at Matthew 28, we can't make a disciple until we have first become disciples of Jesus. Are y'all with me? I want to make sure that, I, that you guys get this because it means to be a disciple is to be a disciplined follower of something or someone. And so it's one thing just to say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. It's another thing to actually take a step and follow him. Sometimes we don't know how to. That's okay. Part of being a disciple is following other disciples. It's learning how to find somebody who's a few steps ahead of you that loves Jesus more than they love being liked. One of my, I, I tell you what, I, I love 
God adding people to this family. But one of my favorite lunches, I had a lunch with a guy, and he and his wife had been praying about whether or not City of Lights was going to be their home. And I loved his question. We went to lunch, and he was really trying to figure out, like, I just need to know, do you believe that the Word of God is an anchor, or are you just going to change with the culture? He wanted to know, if I'm going to follow you, if I'm going to trust you, if I'm going to become more like Christ as you were following Christ, I want to know that he is your anchor and not your Facebook followers. I want to know that if something becomes unpopular in culture because it makes people feel uncomfortable because sin is uncomfortable, I need to know that you're not just going to change because it might hurt your book sales or your CD sales or your podcast subscriptions. We've got to follow people, find mature believers who love Jesus and follow them and connect with them. We have some practical ways to be disciples here at the City city of Lights. One of them is connecting in a city group. We have city groups meeting this week. You want to know what's a city group? A city group is a small group of people. We have different times and days gathering together to look at this Bible and say, Lord, how can your Bible shape our lives? We're coming to the end of our semester of city groups, but we still have some yet, and I want to encourage you, come to City Central. You can go online if you don't have time to come to City Central, and you can go and you can find a city group that meets at a time that you can, that you can come and sign up and come and find people that you can walk with that will encourage you in the things of God. One of the other things and next steps that we have is called City 101. Today is the second week of City 101, and on week two of City 101, we talk about being a disciple. We talk about identifying and seeing what is it that God's wired you to do. When you follow up and read 1 Corinthians 12, one of the things that you'll find is it says the Spirit gives gifts of the Spirit as he sees fit. And you got to identify and ask Holy Spirit, how have you wired me? In the same way that each of you, some God has gifted you with leadership in in your business and in your job. Some have given you a gift of helps and, and a gift of faith and a gift of wisdom. How can you recognize what God's giving you and maximize it for his glory? So part of that ignition is being a disciple. Another part is building a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Like you can talk to God, right? Like, talk to the Holy Spirit. If you want to know about the Holy Spirit, you can be like, hey, Holy Spirit, I got some questions. You know who's an expert on the gifts of the Spirit? Holy Spirit. It's crazy. (laughs) Holy Spirit is present. We can ask and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. I do this all the time. I say, Holy Spirit, help me to discern between your voice and my own feelings and thoughts. Help me, Holy Spirit, to operate and to love and to serve my kids and my wife out of your power and to lean into that this morning because right now I'm feeling really weak and I'm feeling really tired and I don't want to love them and serve them out of my flesh. I need to operate in your spirit, so teach me how to do that. We got to put the power to work in our lives. And then the last thing I want to say here is we want to connect to the power. We want to ignite that power in our life. But at some point, he didn't just give us power to give us power. He gave us power to be a witness wherever we go. Now, I know that when you hear that, be a witness, that, that can sound as, like, frustrating and as basic as somebody looking at you if you happen to uh, be challenged in the area of eating and just say, Hey, just lose weight. You know, just work out. Just eat less. And you're like, oh, that's it? (laughs) Just think happy thoughts. You know, you're dealing with depression, and people are like, just keep your head up. Oh, that's it? I just, my my head was too low. I need to lift it up. Oh, that's right. Now, I got a neck problem, and I'm still frustrated and depressed. (laughs) There are things that I think contribute to our hesitancy when it comes to being a witness. I think, honestly, one of the first steps of being a witness is repentance. You say, well, I've already given my life to Jesus. I'm not talking about that. 
And also repentance is not just a one-time thing. We ought to walk in daily repentance because the closer we get to the light of God, the more areas are revealed in us that we need to surrender to him. But one of the specific areas I believe that we have to repent of is the fear of man. We really have in our culture made people liking us an idol. You know that there are certain pictures that you share or don't share because of how many people will respond. There are so many things that we can sense Holy Spirit calling us to say or share to someone truth and love that we hold back because we're afraid that they might label us as judgy. We've got to repent of the fear of man. Not that we don't care for people, not that we don't have compassion, not that there's times where we have to, sometimes people go the other way. The scripture tells us to speak the truth in love. Just because you're speaking the truth doesn't always mean it's in love. Sometimes you can speak the truth and do it in the wrong way and you're still in sin. But we want to speak the truth in love and we want to have a fear of God more than the fear of man. The other thing I think we have to repent of is dead works. He said, what are dead works? Dead works are operating out of our own flesh. We try to live a supernatural life with natural means and we get frustrated, but we keep living this way because we're afraid. And we think that we're going to be able to actually accomplish the purposes of Jesus without his power. We've got to repent of this. We've got to stop dishonoring Holy Spirit and recognize the provision has been given to us. One very practical thing that will help you be a witness is like actually knowing how to tell your story. You have a story. If God has changed your life, you have a story to tell. But so few people actually have the courage or the confidence to tell it because we've never actually tried to like practice it. Y'all hear me this morning. This is like super basic. Like one of the things that we do when we're going on a mission trip is we have something called a two-minute miracle. And we, get, we challenge people to write out your testimony. Because sometimes if you haven't practiced telling your story, you'll ramble for 45 minutes and you never even said anything. Or you spend like 30 minutes talking about all of the heroin that you did and all of the bad things you did. I'm going to keep it clean for some younger folk today. But all the stuff, you like glorify the devil for 35 minutes, and then at the end, you're like, but Jesus loves me. God bless. Thank you. <laughs> and you like defile people, and they have to get counseling now because they heard your testimony. <laughs> it's really basic. It's like you just take time to talk about, this was my life before Jesus. This is what happened. This is what he did when I met him. And this is who I am now. And you write it down, and you share it with someone. And you get it under two minutes. Why? What you're saying is you're not just writing it. Sometimes like, well, it just feels so rehearsed. No, that's good. That's you actually saying, God, you've done something in my life so worth sharing that if I only have a moment on the way to the coffee shop, if I have a moment on the elevator, in whatever opportunity I have, I want to be able to give somebody a little bit of hope because of what you've done in my life. Write it down. Know your story. Think of ways that you can communicate. I want to encourage you as God does great things in your life, not just what he did, but what he's doing, journal it. Write it down. Make a note. Not just for somebody else. Sometimes I got to go back and see what God done just to encourage myself. Like, that's right. You got me through that that time. You're going to do this again. David, when he was about to take on Goliath, he didn't just have confidence because he was like feeling swole to take Goliath. He said, no, I remember God gave me victory over a lion and a bear. You're just the next one, boss. Write it down. And then lastly, at some point, you just got to step out. You just got to step out. Wherever you are, walk in this power. Don't wait. You know, sometimes I think, especially, you know, I know as a young man that was called, that felt called to ministry at an early age, my eyes could be so set on having a moment, uh, getting on the platform or being called to, to move and to minister, I would neglect the ministry opportunities sitting right at my feet. And I was like, when, 
you know, you, you've got opportunities to serve and to love in so many areas, but you're just waiting for the golden mic when your son is waiting right here to be prophesied over. Your, your daughter would, would love nothing more for you to look in her eyes and speak the truth of God over her. Where your roommate is so desperate from a touch from the Holy Spirit. And how many times have you left the apartment not saying a thing to them because you're going to meet with the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit's trying to meet with them. We've got to go wherever it is he's sending us. Holy Spirit came to give us power to be a witness. And so I want to end by asking this question. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness to IUPUI and Butler and Martin and Ball State and Purdue? Can I get a witness to Lilly and Salesforce and Walmart and Sprint? Is there anybody out here who can be a witness to Tinley, who can be a witness to Shortridge, who can be a witness at the homeschool co-op, who can be a witness in Midtown, and Fountain Square, in Greenwood, in Beach Grove, in New Powell, on the west side, in Fishers, in Zionsville? Can I get a witness? Can we get a witness in the highways and the byways? in the meadows, right here. Because if I can get a witness, if we, if we, you and me, not some ethereal we, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to Mara and Kristen and Ben and Daniel and Tobiah and Dylan. If we can be the witnesses that God's called us to be, then we will witness a flood of justice. We will witness an unfathomable, flood of the goodness and the power and the love and the resurrection life of Jesus flowing from every little swanky bungalow to every multi-home unit and project in our city. That, that, my friends, is a vision. That is a mission. That is a life worth witnessing about. God's called us to be a city of lights. And if we're going to do it, then somebody in here is going to have to get lit with the power of the Holy Spirit. If that is what you're believing for, stand up to your feet. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you loved us and you pursued us. Lord, you sent your son Jesus to die on our behalf and to reconcile us to you. Not just so that we could jump back on the bus, but because you had a mission for us. That we were meant from the very beginning to be conduits of your glory. We were meant from the very beginning that wherever our feet would go, that your presence would follow that we would reveal and reflect your power and your image, that we would shape communities, that we would shape the creation that you put us in to steward. And so, God, we dare not think that you have saved us, that you've sent Jesus to reconcile us to you just so that we could get out of the way and not mess things up until you return. You've come, you've given us power so that your power might bring heaven to earth and turn all those that we see, that we encounter, that we walk with, that we work with, that we study with towards you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill us afresh today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fall upon us, that you would awaken our hearts to your presence. 
I ask that you would come alive in us and that there would be a stirring and a hunger that would stir in us in such a way that we cannot go back to life as normal. That we cannot be satisfied with just clicking in at nine and clicking out at five. That we cannot just be satisfied by going through the motions of our week without expecting and believing and longing for you to empower us to move, to be a witness, to share, to love, to see the lost found, to see the broken made whole, to see the orphan given a home. Help us, God. Help us, God. I just want to take a moment right now as we're in this time of prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you heard the call and you say, I want to follow Jesus. I am not yet a follower of Jesus. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to give my life to him. I'm tired of walking my way. I want to repent and walk in all that he has for me. If that is you this morning, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of freedom. Today is a day of liberty, right where you are. Right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask you after this service to please come back to City Central. And I want you to let the person know there that today you made a choice to follow Jesus. That today you've made a choice to surrender and you want to take that next step in him. Every person in here. God has provided power, supernatural power for you to walk and live in a supernatural life. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Go, therefore, and be light in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give him praise? Amen. Thanks again for joining us forget, you can find us online at cityoflights.church and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.